Do you know literacy problems is the number one issue in IEPs in the United States? Well, you need to listen to today's episode about treatments for dyslexia. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. Join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects because I'm the mom of a dyslexic, dyslexia, and just how to change the brain. Let's dive in. This is It's Gonna Be Okay, and I'm Dr. Roseanne, and if you're a special needs parent, I hope that you enjoy today's episode because we're talking with one of my favorite people and another mother, just like me, of a dyslexic who's thriving. And I want every parent whose kid is struggling, whether it's dyslexia or ADHD, to listen to this episode because we're going to talk about just why our kids are thriving with one of my favorite people. Miss Nancy McDermott, our Hi, clinical Dr. director. <laughs> also, you were one of my favorite people. And I and I have to say that along this journey with my son, Anthony, uh, we were, have been very blessed. There have been some angels that have been placed in our path, that these very special people who are a gift to this earth. And you are most definitely one You're of You're going to make people. me freaking cry, Nancy. Oh, oh I, I don't want to start you crying, but I, I do know, know that you were going to... I have I very good hair that. and makeup today, and I'm going to cry. I didn't know you were going to say that. And I just want to say thank you for that. And you and your family are wonderful human beings, and all kids are awesome. But to see what you did and this process of helping your son and seeing him thrive today is mm-hmm. beautiful. And I want to share that message because, yes, I talk about the brain. Yes, I talk about all the solutions. But I want to show what happens when people use it. And that's what your story is. Plus, you came in as a mom and I stole you and you now you work for me. So, (laughs) yeah, you certainly didn't steal me. As soon as I saw how well things were going for Anthony doing this, I remember I came to you and I was like, I I need to do this with you. I I need to become a a neurofeedback uh, provider myself. I need to help you do this because what you're doing with this mission and how you are really helping families was so incredible to me. I, I had, it was profound. I needed to be part of it. So very happy. Well, to be- <laughs> Anthony, well, thank, and how lucky am I? So, but it is, and Nancy is as nerdy as me and we like to have a good time. So that's a winning combination as far as I'm concerned. Right? <laughs> and Nancy's fabulous at karaoke and playing any kind of game you want her on your team. I'm just saying. As soon as you tell her there's a competition, she says it's on in the text thread. <laughs> but let's talk yeah. about, I know, right? So we got to have fun because we have neurodivergence and life sometimes is a challenge. And I love hearing Anthony's story because let's talk about his classic yeah. struggle with reading as a, a very bright, lovely, well-adjusted, happy kid who wasn't reading. Like what happened with Anthony? Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we do have somewhat of a classic story. So I'm sure moms with kids uh, with dyslexia or who are having similar problems to what we're about to describe are all going to be like, yes, yes. And yes. Early on in his development, he was, you know, walking quickly and fine motor skills, gross motor skills, all going great. Uh, even verbal skills going great. All of a sudden, we get to trying to learn letters, and we are at a dead stop. Kind of, it was shocking because he was learning everything else so quickly and easily, but letters, 
No, no. that was our stop too. It was so strange to me because uh, this was a kid and I, I bet uh, your Don Carlo, who I know also has dyslexia, is quite similar in that he could build things that would blow your mind, you know, starting at age like two or three with his Legos. He would have levers going and trap doors and things that I was like, how could you figure that out? So creative. But not know the letter B. <laughs> it was like, it was blowing my mind. And I, and I, and I, right out the gate knew something was not right here. And I am fortunate in two ways in that I was in the mental health field. I'm in the mental health field already. So I, so I have a little bit of an idea of some learning disabilities. And also my brother, my twin brother was dyslexic. There were things were starting to really remind me <laughs> of Brian. So I, I, you know, right away, I'm thinking, oh, something's not right here. But, you know, Tony, my husband, which is kind of funny, he was sort of like, ah, give it time, give it time, give it time. So I didn't really push it. We put him in a private school in kindergarten because, you know, we lived in the Bronx and some of the schools were a little sketchy there. And so we figured, well, we'll get him set up. Nothing too fancy. It was just a, a solid school. But they did start literacy and reading skills right right out the gate in kindergarten. It was a nightmare. <laughs> you know, he sight words. You know, anytime they tried to copy something off the board, I, I, you know, what was that on his paper? Who knew? <laughs> Alien language, possibly. You know, it didn't it didn't. It was a mess. So. Handwriting was a problem, all, all of that kind of stuff. And I asked his kindergarten teacher at that point, I said, listen, th you know, this doesn't look right. What should I be doing about it? And she also kind of told me to hold off, which, you know, again, surprises me because as somebody who's in the field and knows the earlier you get at things, the better you do. I was thinking, what, what are we waiting for exactly? I mean, this clearly looks wrong. You know, but he was happy and he got along great with the other kids. So she's like, just give him a little more time. And I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking that's not a good idea. First grade rolls around. And now they are up to the point where they are doing that accelerated reader program where you start to score points for the books you read. You do like a little yes. exam on the computer. And this was this was it because <laughs> that poor kid could not even the reading was tough already trying to do this on the computer. Oh my God. I'm trying to do it fun. fast for points. Come on. For points, exactly. It was a disaster. And so he was not getting any points at all or getting very low points. And all of his other friends were getting all of these points. And he came home one day, and I'm hoping I'm not going to cry when I say this, but he came home one day and he said to me that he, he looked really glum. And I was like, what's, what's going on, honey? And he said, I just wish I was smart like the rest of my family. Oh. Yeah, it broke my heart. And I was like, you are smart like the rest of your family. And he said, well, I can't read like everybody can. Yeah. Well, reading is it was so like how you unlock everything. All of the world unlocks in books. That is exactly right. And this was a smart, curious kid who wanted to know what was in the books. Yeah. Was really struggling to, to learn it. And his first grade teacher was amazing, though. And she actually said to me, listen, not sure why this is the case, but there is this thing where they want to wait until more like third grade to make a, a diagnosis of something like dyslexia, which is so strange. They want to push it off. But she said to me, you should go get private testing because that's what this looks like. And I you said, know, you. and that's what I did. <laughs> and let's, let's unpack that for a minute because I know the answer. Having worked in schools and having done neuropsych testing for 22 years, the answer is people don't understand dyslexia today. It's so easy to diagnose people. It's ridiculous. Like you just need to go to an expert who knows what it is. There's so many clear signs. Like he couldn't rhyme things properly. Like he yeah. Would so like if you would ask him to rhyme something with, say, rain, he might say something like frame. Yeah, it's close. 
but no, that's, that's not yeah. exactly. So he would do things like that, where you could tell there was something off with that, um, you know, kind of sound letter or sound word combination. Something was wrong. And that is dyslexia. Yeah. And, you know, the other part of this is, you know, people don't understand dyslexia because they still think it's a visual processing problem. So it's That's an right. auditory processing problem where the brain can't properly hear the sounds. So when they go to map it to the letter, like our boys, yes. their brain was like, I don't know what that letter is because I can't hear it. And so it's right. the grone- grapheme phoneme mapping. Um, exactly. And it is very easy to diagnose. It really is because, you know, it's just people, there aren't a lot of people trained in what it is and how to diagnose it. And on top of that, we think kids will outgrow things, right? So that's okay. another problem. So if we put good phonics intensive intervention and a child still isn't reading, we got ourselves a problem. If you've that's got right. a kid that got flagged in kindergarten, you got yourself a dyslexic. I'm just telling you <laughs> right now. And it's one of the most inherited disabilities. So I would just point out to parents, because I think this was one of those things too. And I, you know, and I, you know, me, I'm a dog with a bone. If I think something's oh. not right, I'm, I'm not letting go. And uh, there was such an unexpected um, difficulty with letters and things like that because he learned other things so much more easily. So that discrepancy and no, no attention problems. None. I mean, no. Such a pleasant kid. And you know what? It's so funny. He reminds me of your brother in a lot of ways, Brian. They are and like to- has that chill. He has this likability. You know, like he's just a very likable kid. Um, so all the things were going right, and yet he couldn't read and. In theory, he had he did have regular ed instruction from oh, yeah. a caring teacher who was doing a good job. It you know was uh, oh, yeah. a mix of phonics and whole language, and he should have read right. Right, so, and I, you know I was doing all the things that they tell parents to do. I was reading with him every night. I was reading it with him when I was pregnant with him. You know, I was reading with him every night. I have my a daughter who's a little bit older, so I read with her. We would read to the baby. You know, so uh, you know we were doing all the things and and lots of books in my home, lots of reading going on, and so all of that was in place. So the fact that he was having such a struggle, it was clear something was not. Something was going on. So what point, so that beautiful teacher, whoever you are, power to you, first grade, validated your mama Mm -hmm. bear instinct. um, And from there, he wind up getting a diagnosis of dyslexia. Well, it's interesting. They didn't exactly give him dyslexia again, because there's this weird... I think they're afraid of overdiagnosis, but unfortunately mm-hmm. that's resulting in underdiagnosis. And so what they did yeah. give him was an, uh, an auditory processing disorder along with non-contextual information disorder or language disorder, something along the lines that where, you know, if it, there's no context for it, if it, it's a B because I say it is, or it makes the bus sound because I say it does. He can't what kind of bogus it. diagnosis was that, I know, Nancy? I know, I know, but, but you know, whatever. It got the job done. It got the job done. (laughs) Yeah, it worked because then we were pointed in the direction of a wonderful organization in New York that unfortunately doesn't exist anymore, the Soifer Center, which amazing. Orts and Gillingham program, which was great. Helped tremendously. Yeah. She was a specialist in dyslexia and she probably was like, girl, Mr. and Mrs. Gambuza, this is dyslexia. <laughs> my name is McDermott, but our but my married name is right, Gambuza. right. Um, um, but they and then from there, you did actually get him Orton-based support. 
Correct. And, and that, yeah, that was Amy and she was amazing. And he loved going to her because he, he loved that he was getting help to finally be able to kill these accelerated reader tests. <laughs> so yeah. He was, he was all just, yeah. In case anybody's listening or watching and you don't know what is Orton Gillingham. So Orton Gillingham came around in 1917 and it's a style of re- of reading instruction that was designed for dyslexics, still used today. It is the mother of all dyslexia reading programs that are evidence-based and proven and it's structured intensive phonics and it is designed in a way to remediate dyslexia without getting into all the particulars but it requires a lot of intensity and you can't move on the steps you can't just skip ahead you have to master in order to move to the next level and it has a 95 to 97 percent efficacy when done with intensity and how it's supposed to be done, like correctly by an experienced person. Let me say that again, 95 to 97% efficacy. There are very few interventions in the world that have that kind of efficacy. So, you know, if you have a history of dyslexia in your family, you know, there's, we're going to talk about some of the gifts of dyslexia, but you need proper instruction and there is no workaround and don't let any school system tell you anything different. Right, Nancy? hundred percent correct. And I think one of the things that worked really great with that for us and for Anthony was that it is multisensory. And so there is a kinesthetic piece to it. There, it, There's an audiological piece to it. There is a visual piece to it. And so, you know, with all of that together, I think, first of all, he enjoyed it very much, but also I think that, that he needed a multisensory approach. And that yes. was what was great about Orton. Yeah. 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 Love, love multisensory, like you said, visual, textural, like all of it, that's what is the key that unlocks it in the dyslexic brain, because that uh-huh. tends, that is their language. To just talk about it doesn't happen. It doesn't stick. That's what actually sticks. And yet, so he progressed and he got some of the basics and his teacher made a suggestion to you, Nancy, that you said, no, thank you. Talk about that. So just to fill in the, what happened, what ended up happening with us was that uh, he did that Orton Gillingham for, I'm going to say probably a little bit less than a year, just a little bit less than a year. We were going three times a week. We were on it and the school year ended. And at that point, we actually ended up moving to Connecticut. So we were in New York. We ended up moving to Connecticut, right? And I, he was doing great. He had, he had caught up and was beyond grain level. He, he, he got to go to the ice cream social for the accelerator, accelerated reader. It all went great. So we moved and then there wasn't anyone convenient around the area in Norton Gillingham and he seemed to be doing fine. So we kind of let it go. So he went through second grade and third grade. Fine. He hit fourth grade. And then all of a sudden we started to see things kind of go a little south again. His reading slowed down a lot. Like he was having a hard time getting through those more you know, complex and longer books. He, his handwriting was horrendous again. Like there seemed to be a little dip. Um, and he was struggling and he, and he was tired. Like his brain, I think was working so hard. He was exhausted all day, but then he was too wired to get to sleep because his brain was still like, blah, blah, blah. yeah. So um, totally. That's exactly yeah. what happens in a dyslexic brain. It's yeah. like you have to kick it so hard because mm-hmm. as I, you know, we'll, you know, talk about it with, in we get to the point of neurofeedback and QEG, his highway system isn't working. So he's always got to go off on ways to get right. information when it should just get off one exit. He's got to go 10, you know, That's exactly to right. get there. When I would see how he would try to solve word problems in math, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, but just, like, just this. yeah, it, it was, cra- it was crazy. So I, his, another amazing angel in our world, uh, Adele Jasevitz, he, she, he was, uh, she was his fourth grade teacher. 
amazing, super supportive, creative, wonderful woman. And she said to me, you got to do something here. Uh, this is this, you know, he, she said to me, this is a smart, creative kid and it's not coming out in his work. I said, OK. So I talked to the school counselor. I won't name her because she actually started talking to me about going to a psychiatrist for medication, which I was like, that's fascinating. What medication are you recommending or even thinking about for learning disabilities? What, what medication is yeah, that? Because I don't know what that is, you know. <laughs> And this is a good therapist trick. Tell me yeah. to understand, yeah. you know, like there is no medication for dyslexia. Sorry. Yeah, you know? no. yeah. so I, I, you know, I, I just threw that one out. And the I window. think that's so important because mm-hmm. I have had so many conversations in the last week. Plus, you know, we just filmed this. I, I'm in this docu film about natural solutions for ADHD. And I feel like oh, so many people come to us because the teacher puts the pressure And the parents are like, I don't know what else to do. That's what my pediatrician, that's what my neurologist. And then they say, like, what am I supposed to do? I mean, they're telling me to do it. And it's like, no, there is another way. So that's what this is all about, our work and what we do. And and also to just bring solutions and hope to parents because there really is. But you were like, no, silly. And it's so clear cut for you. Yeah. But it wasn't. Because I think a lot of parents are like, well, they're recommending medicus and he's got a focus problem. You just understood his brain better and you knew that it wasn't just a focus problem. It was really, truly dyslexia. Well, I could see that it really wasn't a focus problem at all. His focus was great on other things. You know what I mean? Really really is. Although I I know that can happen in in ADD as well. But like I could see it wasn't that he wasn't sitting there reading his book. It was that it was just going very, very slowly. Yeah. The executive functioning centers, the working memory component in particular starts to break down. And many kids that are dyslexic are first called ADHD, especially if they're not caught in the beginning when we're getting reading instruction. And it's so clear because in third grade, it switches. Right. So we learn to read. And then in third grade, we read to learn. So that is part of why there is this misnomer that that's the time to do it because it's so clear there's a problem. And dyslexics have typically have a higher IQ than average, and they can compensate with instruction, even if it's not appropriate instruction, they can compensate into that point. So that's another part of this puzzle of why kids don't get identified and you want to get your kid identified as early as you possibly can. And we did. Yeah. You'll get a laugh laugh out of that because Anthony was a king of figuring out ways around things. Like he would, his teacher was telling me that he would do things like in the morning, he'd come in and he'd talk to a group of kids and he'd be like, so what was your favorite part of the reading last night? <laughs> so he had some answers stuck under his sleeve, you know, stuck up, stuck up his sleeve. You know, he would do little things like that. You know, he's on pictures. If there are pictures, he was all over them, studying those hard so he could figure out. And so he was clever that way. But, you know, obviously it feels terrible when you think, okay, everybody else seems to be getting this and I'm not. And so I knew I had to do something again. And I, very fortunately, I was doing a lot of digging and you happened to be doing a presentation at a school in Easton, which was very close to me. And I was like, I, I'm going to go check out Neurofeedback. Let me just see what that even is. Let me go find out. And of course, the presentation was amazing. And I think the, when you asked all the parents who were there, any questions, my first hand was like, how long is the waiting list to get started with yeah. you? I'm ready to go. You left a message. <laughs> like, by the time we get back, you already were like, I want the first appointment. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. And I think what it resonated, I mean, you're just a person. There were a lot of just parents, obviously, at this meeting. Yeah. And when I talk about it, right, I always do a presentation called Rewiring the Brain. And I 
talk about the brain and I talk about ways we can actually rewire the brain. And there are many ways, and we're going to talk about some of those, but you then came and did some neurofeedback, right? We're going to talk about exactly how do you treat neurodyslexia? We talked about Orton Gillingham. It is the unlocker. It is the the jam. And I don't want to pretend that it's not, but here's what we we do believe. I believe neurofeedback and OG is the brain winning combination. I agree completely. And and had I like, so this would be my little bit of um, wisdom to share with other people. Had I been able to start over again from the beginning, I would have combined the two. So I would have put him, you know, in a neurofeedback program, obviously yours, if I, if I was living in Connecticut at that time. Um, and then I would have combined it with the Orton Gillingham. And I think that that's, you know, what we find to be the winning combination across diagnoses here, where you can you know, kind of get the brain functioning right and then work on that behavior. His was reading behavior. Yeah. If you could combine those two, you're going to, you're going to. Well, you know, and you know, let's behavior. unpack that for a moment, just for, for everybody to understand. And we, we use neurofeedback. We use PEMF, which I you was on my desk, but I don't know where it is. But here's why it's magical. So after you do neurofeedback, your brain's still going to be online and it's going to work better. But when okay. you are learning something, there is an uncomfortableness that happens in the brain and the body. It is a stressor. It doesn't matter how positive that experience. And really, honestly, OG, Wilson, Linda Mood-Bell, these are beautiful treatments. They're all based in Orton-Gillingham. But those are my favorites for a lot of different reasons. There are some other programs. Those are research and evidence-based. But when you're in that sweet spot and the neurofeedback is there calming, it's training, but it's calming it allows for increased learning. Like the amplification is off the charts. And we see this all the time because, you know, we work remotely and in person with people all over. And it's that you get to see this unbelievable rise in learning at the same time. But you came, you brought Anthony. I did. (laughs) You did your own training and I wind up stealing you to work here. 100%. I know, but talk about what happened with when, you know, when you did neurofeedback for dyslexia for Anthony, what happened? Because it was pretty, you know, we have some, yeah, we have some pretty fun stories in this regard. So, so first of all, I, I do also want to stress that we were neurofeedback warriors. We were so consistent. We were here at least twice a week, every week for, um, I, I don't even remember the number of weeks, but it was over 50 sessions that we ended up doing all together for him. Yeah. For this. And so consistently, I think maybe he missed one. So one time in a week or something like we were on this and, and, you know, fortunately he was super uh, cooperative and compliant with that because he, he wanted to do better. He, he is a very motivated driven kid and he wants to do well and feel like, He's as smart as everybody else and, and, and able to do the tasks just like everybody else. So we were on it. And um, so he, we, he had done a reading test, you know, one of the star reading exams in the very beginning. Uh, no, actually, it was probably the end of fourth grade because he was in between fourth grade and fifth grade when he did the neuro. So at the end of fourth grade, I think he scored somewhere in the 75th percentile, something along those lines, which isn't bad. You know, like we were like, OK, so he's not doing terribly or anything like that. That Orton Gillingham had was carrying him along, but it certainly didn't rise to the level that we expected of him because he he really was uh, or is a really you know smart and creative kid. So uh, we did the neurofeedback, and then the next star exam comes along in fifth grade, and he scored in the ninety eighth percentile. And we were like, "There you go, 
There you go. And you know what? And the thing is, you know, let's talk about the brain needing consistency. So particularly with neurofeedback, there has to be a commitment. You said you're a warrior and it wasn't forever. And sometimes people say, oh, it's a lot. There's a lot involved. Well, being on meds is a lot for the rest of your life. And there's a lot of negative things about it for, for that. And a lot of my kids with ADHD, dyslexia are diagnosed with ADHD, whether that's accurate or not. I only know when I do a QEG brain map, but the brain needs consistency. And that's why the OG based, you know, Wilson, Linda Mood Bell, the consistency trains, but so does this. And, you know, for Anthony, you talked about like, I now can, I can say now I have one kid who refused to do neurofeedback. I literally up until a few weeks ago could never say that. Um, (laughs) And that was like, Apparent conflict. So I'm not even going to go there, but he saw the benefit. He was one of those kids that had like yeah. a, like a light switch, like, and obviously you have it standardized testing that was like 75 to 98. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. And you can get that with neurofeedback. Yeah. But I think what you got to see in the day to day is things just weren't so hard for him. Well, yeah, and- was faster. Everything yeah. was faster. Does your child struggle to complete tasks? or they can't stay focused enough to finish their homework or get anything done, or maybe they're super fearful and moody. This may leave you questioning if your child has ADHD or something else like a learning problem, anxiety, depression, or OCD. Well, I've created a quick quiz that will tell you if it's ADHD or something else. Text the word quiz to one three alert more to take my free quiz so you can get to the bottom of what's going on and the right solutions. That's text the word quiz to one three alert more. Number one thing that we saw out the gate is he started sleeping better. It's like his brain was able to finally relax. So I think that was probably 12 sessions in. It wasn't even that long in. About 12 sessions in, his brain just relaxed to the point where he actually could sleep calmly, peacefully, eight hours through the night again, which yeah. that was, and, you know, and wonderful. we're not going to say who the teacher was, but some of the teachers are so impressed that the teachers brought their kids. <laughs> I was going to just say that the, the next amazing thing was that by towards the end of his his uh, sessions, his teacher came to me and said to me, what the heck are you doing with him? Because uh, I've got to do that with my son too. <laughs> it was really great. Yeah. So, you know, it, was yeah. All, it was all very uh, affirming and, um, you know, just, it was wonderful to see the changes and to, to also know that his teachers and that, you know, in the classroom, it was actually showing up. So that was yeah. great. And he was like, he's got a great group of friends. He's so well liked. He let's talk about. So he's been our intern. He's got one of our most. Yeah, he's like a graphics genius, and he's got one of my most popular trending posts on uh, Instagram on magnesium. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so number one repost, by the way. Like, I don't know how much you know. It's always reposted. I love Um, that. That's great. At that point, between the instruction, the combination of the OG neurofeedback combination, Mm -hmm. talk about like his path, because here we are, we're going to college, we've been accepted to the school we want, doing Mm -hmm. what he's passionate about. Um, And talk about how he's thriving, because that literally stopped 
all of the issues after that. A hundred percent. And so that was really what I, what I was so impressed with neurofeedback um, by, because, you know, once he did the neurofeedback um, and we, and we finished and he kept on going, he has just kept on going. Like he, he, we didn't need to do another thing. He's just been, you know, excelling. And what, what I think was also really helpful with the neuro that, that I think we didn't even realize was as much of an issue was there definitely was an undercurrent of anxiety running there because he was, nervous of getting called on or nervous of, you know, making a mistake in front of people. And so, you know, we saw all of that just relax, relax, and all of his confidence come out. And I would start hearing in middle school that he participated so often in class. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. (laughs) It's so wonderful to hear. And then, you know, in high school, uh, you know, his real interest started to blossom. And, you know, this all uh, media design type stuff, which he really, really loves, which doesn't surprise me. He's always had that kind of building designing thing going on even uh you know since he was little so uh so now he is really thriving and he's had some really kind of fun wins like his Mm -hmm. talk about the design that he he won at his high school his design was selected yeah he goes to a large high school yeah. And so he uh, so he has been the winner of the senior yard, <laughs> the yard sign design uh, for a couple of years in a row now where he makes a yard sign for seniors, uh, you know, congratulating them upon graduation. And then the big one this year is he won the contest to uh, design the um, cover of their yearbook. And, they, and since he's a senior, that's his yearbook cover that he will have on his yearbook, which is pretty fun and, and uh, pretty awesome. So, yeah, he's been having a good time. And we love to see, of course, is one. He, he uh, is aware of and in his passions. He is confident. He uh, he is independent, and he feels really hopeful and optimistic about his future. And that you know, what more could you? And want he's to like not embarrassed. He's like my John Carlo. Like you know, John Carlo started sixth grade, and the teacher said, you know, what's your superpower? And he goes, do you want to tell her mom or do you want me? And I was like, I want you. And he's like, yeah, my dyslexia is my superpower. Like, that's the same thing with Anthony. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah whatever. It, it is what it is. It It is part of who he is, his neurodivergent brain. But he li- loves and accepts himself, which I think is a hard journey for any teenager today. But I think the hardships in this process and the conversations yeah. that you and his dad and as a family have had really helped him to just really get who he is without feeling belabored by this dyslexia. Right. A hundred percent. We like from the outset, we accepted it as a, almost like a, not a no big deal. Cause I don't, cause it was hard work to <laughs> really hard work to, to work on it. Um, but almost no, no big deal in terms of, um, you know, this is just, this is just uh, a little hiccup and uh, we're, we're going to find a way to help you rise to that challenge. We're going to find a way to make sure that you can do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we instilled that in him and that kind of growth mindset type of thing where he's not as focused necessarily on outcomes as he is on. Am I doing my best? Do I have what I need to do? Do I need another skill to learn in order to be able to do this better? That's the way he kind of focuses now on things. And, and it's, you know, been suiting him very well. One of the things that I love about uh, kids with dyslexia, because I feel like I see this across the board, is they, because of that slight difference in how they process things, they're so creative. So and creative. Oh, my God. They see things in ways that you're like, wow, I yeah. never would have thought to do that in that way. And it's just. Honestly, I'm always like, I just, um, one of my favorite dyslexics of all time, hopefully she'll do a podcast with us, is coming to be our intern this summer. Oh, and- awesome. 
she's just so creative. Like, and you know, obviously I live with, you know, a dyslexic and then it turned out all the Hodges are dyslexic and they're all engineers. No surprise, mm-hmm. you know, and, and their, their, their ability to see things that I even sometimes miss is just the coolest thing ever. And I think when you get your brain online, you get the proper instruction Right. And then you work on an emotional core too. It yeah, is the winning combination of just exactly how you treat dyslexia. And it's not always easy for people to get help. And not at all. And I, I, I do want to actually emphasize that in my story in that I had so many moments of incredible luck. It, it, it was, you know, almost, it's almost ridiculous. You know what I mean? I had teachers who actually understood and supported that. That's, not common. Um, no. I had I had access to to uh, wonderful supports in terms of you know the program could get. I they would find you and and it was close enough that I could go regularly. You know what I mean. So there, I, I my story is one of incredible great luck, but but it's also know, incredible the- you because you oh. and Tony really were like wait a second like determined okay, determined, determined, yeah. determined and yeah. just because somebody says no you know i think you know as we support people in our brain behavior reset program every day we always get so many people are coulda woulda shoulda which we never say like wait a second you're here but yeah. they every every single person in their story ignored their gut and that's when you get into trouble Yeah, I did not ignore my gut. (laughs) No, you kept pushing and you were like, okay, it's kindergarten. We don't recognize how inheritable dyslexia is, right? Like strong chance one of those grandkids are going to have it. That's okay. Now you know. Our family knows how to handle it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and I and I think what's what's upsetting about you know kind of that uh, the mentality that is in school. Well, let's wait and see what happens. Is it's almost like a wait to fail mentality. It is a wait to fail model. Who wants to do that? You know, I, I feel like the right way to go is when you see something. That's not going right. Get the supports in as fast as possible. Well, and what is the what is the research say? The research says hello. You need an OG-based, you know, instruction that's delivered with fidelity in the way that it's supposed to. It's got to be multi-sensory. It's got to be structured. It's got to be sequential. And it really needs to be, the research says, four to five times a week. So um, now you grab kids early and you give them that proper instruction. I always tell everybody that I um, used to do a lot of consulting for private schools, right? Which I still do presentations all the time for private schools, but I used to actually go in and be regular consultant. And I learned quickly that dyslexia was a number one common characteristic of all millionaires. And if they wanted... Yeah. How cool is that? 40% That's of all cool. businesses are owned by dyslexic. Hey, I'm going to pass it on Anthony. <laughs> um, and what I learned was that in, I used to go in and say, I'm going to tell you right now, I won't, I will not be your consultant unless you bring in uh, Wilson has a regular ed program called foundations. And unless you bring it in, I won't be your consultant. And, you know, so I had these schools and they would bring it in. And and it was just incredible because after year one, they would all say the same thing to me. First year we ever had every kid learn to read. And then we knew exactly who the dyslexics were. So and there would just be a lot of dyslexics in these very wealthy schools because, again, millionaires are paying for these schools. So it's a it's we need to give the brain what it needs and the instruction cannot be missed. But you also talk about other natural solutions because, you know, yeah, you make changes like I got to optimize his brain 
and yeah. you went in that direction. What else did you do to support his dyslexia? Yeah, so we we did do a bunch of things. So we we absolutely whole family cleaned up our diet. We we were all gluten free and dairy free for a good chunk of time. Anthony now no longer has to be 100% gluten and dairy free. He can have you know amounts of it. He can't he can't load up on it, but he can definitely introduce. But he's some a healthy food. eater. He's like a consistent healthy eater. Healthy eater. Super healthy eater, right? Exactly. But we did for quite a, quite a bit of time. We removed both. He does regular dairy. exercise. He is an athlete, so he regularly exercises and works out. He has a wonderful friend group, as you're saying. So he has really good social connections. And then we also played around, as you know, because you I love to science nerd like you. I loved playing around with different stuff. So at a period of time, we worked with um, audiovisual and treatment. We played with that with him for a little bit. He has definitely done PMF, which has been great for him. I'm trying to think. We, we, we've done some heart math with him for breathing. Supplements. Supplements. You know, you've done some different things and you feel like yeah. now. Meditation. He, he actually, he enjoys meditation. He does it before he runs, actually, even uh, sometimes to make sure that he's calm and ready to go for his races. So, yeah, it, we've done a lot and it's all. Meditation really, really is a jam, everybody. You got to power yeah. down before you power up, you and know. He, and he does that uh, those polar ice bath things. Oh, <laughs> that's a newer thing that he's added. Better him than me. Not happening. <laughs> no, I see him do it and I'm like, no. Forget yeah, about yeah. it. I'm not yeah. doing he it. Does it. Because he, he, you know, there's good stress to the body and there's bad stress to the body, right? So the, those kinds of, you know, changes in temperature and things like that, when they're done. Well, it also improves the cellular functioning. So it gets uh-huh. your cellular the mitochondrial. And, you know, I mean, I think for him, he's learned that he needs to take care of himself and evolve, which is one of my favorite things about our kids. When we give them these things, like people like, are my kids going to be resistant? Yes, some of them may, but you only have them until they're 18. Like, don't get freaking lucky charms, people. It's not give anything to the brain. Like, do what you can. No shaming anybody. Nancy's brother had ARFID. Like, no shaming of ARFID. Do what you can and try to be mindful, but you also have to power down. So, right. And I will also 100% cop to, there have been nights in my life where our dinner was Lucky Charms and chocolate milk. So I, I'm just going to say, there's girl, no perfect. You got me into the salted <laughs> cashew ice cream. I didn't even know I liked ice cream. I told well, that, her that I that showed up with four things so of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, there's no perfection in this. You just try to no. do your best, and that's how we've always done it also. Yeah. And, and that's no. what we've instilled him too. You just try. You just try to do the best you can. It. So you yeah. don't have to knock yourself out. You know, trying to get. You do stuff. have to try cashew ice cream if you haven't tried it. Okay. No, don't get it at my home food. It's always out. That but, oat base food is really good too. Both oh, those are really so good. good. Yeah. And it has the right combination where you don't feel so terrible. Life is about if you are making. If you are going to have something, right? We we get gluten free cupcakes here for everybody's birthdays. They are the mm-hmm. best cupcakes from Cake Box in Ridgefield, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. unbelievable. I've converted everybody just based on oh, this yeah. cupcake. But we celebrate, right? And Absolutely. and that's okay, you know. So just try to have better food quality whenever you can. So you know, we talked about so many things, and I want people to not be overwhelmed. I want them to be excited. And certainly my top takeaways are get that brain regulated and optimized. There are multiple ways to do it. We talked about neurofeedback. We mentioned PEMF. We actually have a specific device for attention and memory and learning. So if somebody wants to know more about that, you can certainly go to our website, www.drrosanne.com and look at that. Um, We talked about diet. We talked about exercise. We talked about stress management, socialization, all kinds of things. 
When you think back of your own personal journey, because I want everybody to feel like, okay, this is something I can do. What one thing do you wish every parent knew about this process of getting support for any child, but particularly a child for dyslexia using natural solutions? You know, where do you think, what what do you wish somebody had told you? Oh, I, I think just out the gate, even just that it can be done is, you know, that that is number one. But number two, I, I think that piece that we were talking about, we're really trusting that you know your child, right? You know um, whether something is not really working right or something just to seems that it is off with your child. So if you are feeling that and you're feeling pretty strong about it, do not give up. Um, you know, absolutely fight for your child, fight for their their chance to uh, thrive in their classroom or thrive in, in whatever setting that they're in. And don't let people deter you. Uh, even experts, quote unquote, experts, don't let them deter you. Find other people, find groups who are talking about these kinds of issues, find other moms who are dealing with similar things, because you know your kid, you are the expert in your kid, you're the one who's there 24 seven, and, and you see what's going on. So trust yourself. And uh, don't let anyone deter you from doing what Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add to this, because you know, once a week, somebody travels a long distance or flies um, yes. to us just about once a week. I think one of the things the conversations I've been having so much with other mothers is like this mom came in like a week or two ago and she said, is it possible that I know more and I'm smarter than the professionals? And I was like, girl, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> own it. Own it. That you are the CEO. So is it true that ev- she's smarter than everybody? No. But her journey, she couldn't get what she wanted. And I think that is the journey just that you said that we are not trusting our gut. And that's when we get into trouble. So trust it, but then also say, damn it, I'm a CEO and I'm going to be the best CEO ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're saying that as two warrior moms Mm -hmm. right here, like, sorry, it's the way it is. This is how it's going down, right? Um, right? And I think people can feel good about that instead of like being worried. Now, what's different in the families that we work with is they're able to get guidance from us, right? And I think you okay. need expert guidance. Like your journey had expert guidance and it's okay. You just have to have guidance. One, where, where's the research? Like what are these treatments that are that are there? And two, is that expert in alignment with you and your family values. Um, That's right. That's right. And, and I love that you said like, just to learn, you wish you even learned about these things. This is why we're having this conversation. Anybody that wants to work with us or needs help, we have a solution matcher and you can go to www.drrosanne.com forward slash help to find the right solution exactly where you're at. Some people want to work one-on-one with us and we do that. We're able to support you wherever you are in the world. We're actually doing more outside of the United States and we have different kinds of support. Some of it's just EMF, some of it's neurofeedback, but we have a brain behavior reset program and we offer wraparound care because it's a multi-pronged approach. It's it's both calming that brain and learning new things. That's, That's the key. So key, so key. I, um, I'm always like excited to see what happens in the journey of the kids that we work with. But obviously, this is deeply personal. And I just can't say enough to say thank you to share this because I know this was an inspirational conversation. And we've both been there where we're crying. Oh, yeah. And 
and it's been hard. Our kids have been crying, like because yeah. of what the how hard the struggle is. But just know with the right interventions at the right time, everything can change and you can get off the worry train as a parent. I'm not saying yeah. you're always gonna have a level of worry, but you don't have to be driving it once your kid's doing okay. Yeah, it's nice to be able to get off once in a while. <laughs> have a breath. <laughs> I know. And now you're gonna be an empty nester, Nancy. Holy moly. No, I, I can't even I, I got can't a few even more years that. before. Yeah. Start bawling my eyes out on that one. I told Giancarlo he's got to live next door to me because that's what you know. That's what we do in the the real Italians. He said, "I don't think so." I said, "All right, when I was a nice, fluent, free girl. We're okay." There you go. But thank you for sharing your very personal journey, and obviously, okay. thank you for Nancy is our clinical director and. She is behind the scenes making sure that everybody in our brain behavior reset program is getting exactly where they need and the right mm-hmm. kind of guidance. So thank you for all your work. Oh, well, thank you. And again, like I said, you know, we are forever grateful to you, Roseanne, and our family. And uh, I, we could never thank you enough. Well, wherever you are, people is exactly where you need to do, but you definitely need to take action. And if you're looking for solutions, you know where to find us. Parenting is hard and there are so many ups and downs. And when your kid can't read, guess what? They can't move forward to really thrive in school. And we talked about some unbelievable brain options today. So just know no matter where you are in your journey with dyslexia, it's going to be okay when you take one step towards changing the brain and giving your dyslexic child the right keys to help them learn. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R, O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at.